16th chapter of Hebrews, beginning with verse 12 through the 21st verse, reading it with that prayer that the Heavenly Father would make his will and way known unto us, and the words are as follows in Jesus' name. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey them that have rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they might do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we trust that we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. But I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ be multiplied to us now and ever henceforth. Amen. Whenever the word wherefore confronts us we should always ask what is it referring to? For something has been stated before, and for this reason, this addition is made wherefore. So when we look at the author's thought, who is he referring to? And why does he make this reference? He just had made the statement, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is referring to the changeless one. The Son of God, who never changes, and if he himself is the same always, then we can truly put our entire trust upon him, of whom the Apostle John writes that we beheld him as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And Jesus, being full of grace and truth, always wants to reveal to us the grace of God and the love of God. 
that he loved us so much, that is, lost and condemned sinners, so much that he provided a means of salvation. And that is, as St. Paul says, that by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So, when he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the author tells us, be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart is established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Warning us that since Jesus is always the same and His uh, grace and truth is always the same, changeless, immovable, steadfast, so that heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God shall remain the same. And the promises of God are so sure that every promise that God has made will be fulfilled. So when he warns us that we would not be uh, carried about with divers or many strange doctrines. And oh, there are many strange doctrines in the world that are not uh, the doctrine of Christ. Neither are the Gospels that many proclaim in the world today the gospel of Christ. St. Paul, when he makes the statement that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation unto every one that believeth, finds such a sure foundation that we hear him as it were, say, I know on whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Oh, what blessed assurance the soul can have when it rests supreme on God's word and his promises when uh, he uh, puts his entire trust in the grace of God to carry him all the way through, through this life where many trials and temptations beset us, where the strange doctrines surround us that uh, cause many people to be led astray. But they who know on whom they have believed, they who have tried and found their Lord and Savior to be the same yesterday, today, and forever, they stand firm on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets where Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. And the foundation of the apostles and the prophets are the, is the word of God and his promises that are sure and changeless. For it is a good thing that the heart is established with grace. The heart is established with grace. Let us not be such who believe and waver just like the waves 
such are not established, they haven't that blessed assurance that by grace I am saved. They haven't got that blessed assurance that my sins are all forgiven and blotted out in the blood of the Lamb. And here is where the author wants to lead us so that we can our, our hearts can be established in grace. For he goes on to say, Not with meats which have not profited them that were occupied therein. We have an altar whereof we have the, they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. We have an altar. What altar do we have that they who serve the tabernacles could not eat of that altar. We know that the uh, priests were allowed uh, to eat uh, the meat of the offerings, of all other offerings except the sin offering that the high priest offered up on that great day of atonement. But this only strengthened their physical man, for it was physical food for the man or the body. And if they did not understand the spiritual significance of it, the soul received nothing. So it is that if we do not understand the spiritual meaning of the suffering and the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then our soul is not fed. And our heart is not established in the grace of God, in the blessed assurance that all our sins and transgressions are forgiven in Jesus' name and precious atoning blood. We have an altar whereof we have no, uh, they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts who were, whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. I already mentioned that this sin offering on the great day of atonement, when the high priest made the offering and the congregation had brought before him the two rams and the lot was cast. One lot was the sacrificial lot, the other was a lot of freedom. And when the lot Sacrificial lot fell upon the ram. That ram had to be sacrificed. And the other ram had to be freed. And no one could lay claim to that ram. He was freed to the Lord. So that when... The high priest then lays his hand upon the head of the sacrificial lamb, confessing the sins of the people. And then offers him up as atonement for that sin. It only depicted the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. We see this so plainly enacted on Good Friday when before the people 
two are brought. Jesus, the Son of God, and Barabbas the thief and the murderer. And now the lots are cast. The sacrificial lot fell upon Jesus, our Lord and Savior. The freedom lot fell upon Barabbas, the thief and the murderer. Jesus had to be offered up as a sin offering to atone for the sins of the whole world. Barabbas was freed. He could go. The law could make no claim upon him anymore. So, beloved, Barabbas was our representative. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He he represented fallen and lost and condemned sinners. But when the lot most precious fell upon him to be freed, so that the law would have no claim upon him, though he was guilty, yet now he became free. So it is with you and with me. Guilty, guilty we are of sinning, guilty of the blood of Christ, We are no better off than Barabbas. Though we may have not shed a single drop of blood, any man's blood here in this world, yet we are guilty of the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. With a sharper Knives of sin we have wounded him with the spear of unbelief we have pierced him. Yes, dear soul, you and I are just as guilty as Barabbas was. And the law has found us guilty that we have broken every, every commandment. But thanks be unto God. for our sin offering. Jesus, our high priest, offered himself up as a sin offering. He went, not as the high priest in the olden days, with the blood of the ram and the bullock before the Father, to sprinkle it as he approached the mercy seat, to wet the mercy seat with the blood of the offering, Jesus entered into the most holy, in the presence of God. And when he entered in, then that veil that closed behind the whole the high priest when he entered in the olden days. That veil was rent from top to bottom, never to be closed anymore. And when he, with his own blood, made intercession for us, that intercession that Father forgive them for they know not what they do. Though they are guilty, yet uh, I have taken their guilt upon myself. I have paid the penalty for their sins. The penalty which thou, Father, declared 
that the soul that sinned shall surely die. I pay that penalty for them. And thus we are redeemed, beloved. Oh, if we can only see that picture fully when he says for the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate Jesus had to carry the heavy cross through the streets of Jerusalem up the hill of Golgotha. Every step that he took he left an imprint of blood. But outside of the gate he had to go. Just like the ram that was offered up by the high priest the body of it had to be carried outside of the gate outside of the camp there to be destroyed the blood alone was taken for that blood was the only protection that the high priest in the Old Testament had. For if he did not enter in with the blood of the sacrifice, sprinkling it before him as he entered into the presence of God, he would have been smitten dead. It was the blood alone that protected him. And let us remember that it is the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that alone protects us from the anger of God. And it is the blood alone that covers our sins so that God is not angry with us and that we can approach Him. Is it any wonder that the same author states we have the right dear brethren to enter into the most holy by the blood of Jesus which is made for us the new and the living way through the veil that veil that was rent from top to bottom through the veil that is to say his flesh and we have a high priest over the house of God let us draw nigh unto him with a sincere heart and true faith being sprinkled in our hearts and released from a guilty conscience thank be to God for the blood of Jesus that can be sprinkled upon our hearts upon the hearts of those who open their hearts to receive the sprinkling of the blood and as Luther says it is sprinkled in the oral declaration of the forgiveness of sins in the gospel of Christ when in the gospel of Christ the forgiveness of sins is declared they who receive it by believing it they are cleanse from a guilty conscience when Ratama was asked is it possible for a person to be cleansed from a guilty conscience by believing the forgiveness of sins when it is preached to him over the whole congregation 
then Rattama said, it is possible. But if the person believes the forgiveness of his sins and he is cleansed from a guilty conscience, it is impossible for him to keep it secret or hidden. He will make it known. And then he takes to back that statement that he made from the conversion of Cornelius. That when Peter, who Cornelius had sent for from Joppa, a three days journey from Caesarea, then he concludes his speech. He preaches of the crucified and resurrected Savior. And he says, All the prophets bear record that whosoever believeth on him shall in his name receive the remission of sins. And as he preached the remission or forgiveness of sins, they believed, but they could not keep it secret. It became known, for they began to thank God, moved by the Spirit of God. So, beloved, it is the blood of Jesus Christ that is sprinkled on our hearts, the hearts that are open to receive, the hearts that are burdened, the hearts that are crying for relief, for those hearts are broken, broken with sorrow. The prayers from that, such hearts have ascended to God. Oh, be merciful to me. Help me. Help me that I may be healed and saved. Only the sick need a physician. And therefore Jesus says, I have come not for the righteous, but for the sinner, to seek and to save those who are lost. That same Savior today is seeking to save those who are lost, the same as he was in the days of yore. And the same salvation by grace as a gift from God without money and without price just for the receiving and believing man is saved. Jesus went out of the gate on the Mount of Calvary, Golgotha, the place of the skull, that those who have seen that, that place of the skull, Golgotha, they have seen right in that rock, just like a human skull, with the indentations of the eyes, the nose, the mouth. It is rightly named the place of the skull. There, Jesus, our sin offering, not on a washed and polished altar, as the sacrifices in the Old Testament were offered up, but on the rugged cross, the cursed altar, for it is written, Cursed be every one that hangeth upon a tree. He became a curse that we might become a blessing. He died in order that we might live. 
And he is the one who says, He that would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And here we heard, Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. What camp is now referred to? The camp of this world. Where the name of Jesus is uh, on the lips of the children of the world only in a curse. Where sin is rampant and where all manner of iniquity is performed. We must leave, go out of that camp. As Abraham left the land of Mesopotamia to journey, he did not know where. But he believed in the promise that God had given that he would lead him to a land that flowed with milk and honey and would make a great people of him. And he made a covenant with Abraham that he would be his God and Abraham would be his son. And as a token of that covenant that he made, he had Abraham to be circumcised. And all who wanted to enter into that covenant with the Lord were to be circumcised. Jesus, who ended the Old Testament, began the New in place of circumcision, he, entered, he established a, a baptism. And still the covenant is the same. When God makes a covenant, that covenant is eternal. He never has removed his covenant. But let us remember this also that God has never made a covenant with, a, with a, an unbeliever, but only with believers. Therefore, the covenant of uh, grace, for that was the covenant of grace. God has promised to be the God of Abraham, and he has promised that they, that will be his children who enter into that covenant. So, though the outward token is changed, the covenant remains the same. The outward token is baptism. And that is the reason that when they take upon themselves that covenant, they are a peculiar people to God. They are the ones who to, are to go out of the camp to bear the reproach of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount, at the end of the Beatitudes, he states, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, 
For so persecuted they the prophets that were before you. When we become separated from unbelievers that we do not walk in their ways, we do not take part neither in word or deed with them in their transgressions, we become a peculiar people, peculiar to the world. And that is the reason that Peter states you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, to make known the power of him who led you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So then he tells us, For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. This land is not our home. Here we have no continuing city. All the cities that we have, that we live in, and there are many cities, for I know that there are from many different parts of the country here today, none of them will continue. They are all food for fire, and they shall all be destroyed. But we seek a city that hath foundation, whose author and whose builder is God. So in the 11th chapter of the same epistle, he speaks of Abraham saying, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go unto a place which he should afterwards receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and heir, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So we too are journeying toward that city that has a foundation whose builder and maker is God. And oh beloved, someday we will reach that city. We will enter into the land where the righteous dwell. Therefore, Jesus says to the angel of the church of Smyrna, Be faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, Hold fast to that which thou hast, so that no man can take your crown. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that, that is, the fruit of of our lips giving thanks unto his name. Oh, we can offer this sacrifice of thanksgiving to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Haven't we reason for that, thanking God for his goodness and mercy that has been bestowed upon us? And this bestowal is daily. Every day is a new day of grace for us. And a new reason why we should thank God. Thank God in the morning when we awaken that He has kept us in faith during the night when we have slept. And praying that He will give us sufficient strength to walk in faith for this day. For only by day by day, from grace to grace, can we go onward from victory to victory until we reach that city that has a foundation whose builder and maker is God. 
by him therefore but uh, to do good and to communicate forget not for with such sacrifices God is well pleased here we the author calls it a sacrifice when we uh, do good and communicate with others telling others what God has done for us this is the communication that God wants between his children and unbelievers and they who thus communicate they can communicate with God also through the Holy Spirit in prayer and this is a sacrifice that is well pleasing to God obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch over your souls as they which must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you obey the those who have the rule over you now he is not speaking of that the outward rule in this portion of scripture that is the magistrates and the, and the kings or the president and the laws of the land but he is speaking of those who have to give an account for the souls that brings us down to the those who have are ministers of a congregation they are watching over the souls and they have to give an account they have to give an account to God for God will demand of them that they faithfully perform that office in which they have been placed or ordained and when I have thought of this many times my heart has trembled and oh I have said it many times my former congregations that you do not know how fortunate you are who can sit there and listen and believe the word of God you are fortunate for I have to make an account to God Therefore I dare not preach anything that I cannot back it with the word of God. Thus saith the Lord and thus it is. To that I can say Amen. That it is true. I do not want to speak of my own. And trembling many times when I have placed myself before the mirror of God I have seen how in many many instances I have failed I have had to ask forgiveness and dear brothers and sisters I know that no doubt you have seen shortcomings and failings in me though I have only been a visitor in your midst only spoken a few times and when I have I have prayed to God that I could 
back up everything that I stated with his word. Nevertheless, I need to be forgiven. I need to have my shortcomings and weaknesses forgiven. And I ask you if I, if anyone has been offended by me, any deed or word that I have done, please forgive me and forgive my shortcomings and weaknesses. In Jesus' name, and then he said, leave everything forgiven unto complete freedom and joy. For I want to depart from your midst as I came here with a good conscience. And I want you to remember to pray for your pastor. He has to give an account the same as I. And he, too, has his weaknesses and shortcomings. But uphold him with your prayers. Remember how Moses, when he children of Israel were victorious when they were fighting against the Philistines. But when he became weary and his hands went down, then they began to lose in the battle. So that they had to prop up the arms of Moses holding them up there on one side and her on the other so that uh, the children of God could be victorious. So let us remember to uphold the, uh, the arms of our service who must give an account for they that they can do it with joy and not with sorrow for that isn't profitable to you if they have to give an account of sorrow and not with joy pray for us for we trust we have good a good conscience in all things willing to be honest yes we need your prayers we need your prayers, dear brothers and sisters. And I think that you too have found that we have been honest in your midst. And that we are striving to keep faith in a good conscience to reach the goal and attain the reward. But I beseech you rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. The apostle here hoped that he would be able to see the children of God again. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, the God of peace. Our God is a God of peace. Our God has given us a gospel of, of peace to declare. And we are shod with that gospel that we are to walk in the way that leads to eternal peace and to lead others on that way. The God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus. It was God the Father that brought up Jesus, his Son, from the dead. That brings us to the resurrection. 
When Christ our Lord and Savior arose, victorious over death, hell, and the devil, to give that victory unto his own, that all who believed on him according to scripture may be victorious in this battle. Through that victory that won for us newness of life so that the Holy Spirit could be given that to that person that believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and on his redemptive work so that he would receive newness of life in the Holy Spirit. That one, the, 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 the Heavenly Father who raised up his Son shall also raise up all those who believe on his Son. They have become heirs of that resurrection when we shall arise to that eternal joy and bliss in the land where the righteous dwell. For we have become partakers already of the first resurrection. When God has resurrected us from spiritual death to newness of life in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through faith. And to such who have part in this first resurrection, the second death has no power over them. The second death that separates the soul of man from God. There has no power over them, for they have been already led from death to life. And that life is eternal life. Life in God is eternal. Natural death cannot sever that, that uh, uh, thread of life. It continues forever in the presence of God. And all this through the blood of the everlasting covenant, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, the blood of forgiveness of sins, whereby the everlasting covenant of grace is given to us, that God is our God, and we are His children. And this is what Paul meant when he uh, said it, writing to the Romans, the 8th chapter, you have not received again the spirit of bondage that you should fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption that cries within you, Abba, Father. This spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children and heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, thanks be unto God that we have this heritage awaiting us that is the heritage of which Peter will praise God and says, Thanks be unto God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has, be, who has begotten us again unto a lively hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, unto an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled which fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. There it is, safe. God is reserving it for us that when we reach home it shall be given to us. Now make you perfect in every good work to do His will working in you that which is well pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ. Thus He concludes and I conclude with his words that every good work take part in it take part in it brother and sister for that is pleasing to God and the greatest and the best work of all is that, that God would use you as an instrument to lead someone else to the mercy seat to find mercy and grace in time of need find the forgiveness of all their sins and transgressions
This is the greatest good and the greatest blessing that can befall upon mankind. And all this through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And upon that he writes, Amen. So it is. May God, the dear Heavenly Father, grant us this grace. And now I wish to thank you in behalf of my wife for the love and kindness that you have shown toward us also. May God richly bless you. And may we who now say farewell, God only knows whether we will see one another upon this incursed earth. But if we do, may God grant us the grace that we can enfold one another in arms of love and greet one another with God's peace. The peace of God be with you all. Amen. As many of you know, <clears throat> Brother Michelson, his wife will be leaving right after the services this morning. So Brother Michelson has been called to Newport Ritchie to hold services on his way back to the Copper Country. For he received word that uh, Mrs. Tappany has a home there where we'll be able to hold the services this evening. Let us pray for those services in that community which we have endeavored many times to do work, but it seems as though uh, it has been in the past uh, few years very difficult because of the Christians that were upholding the work. Uh, some have died and uh, passed from this life and others have moved away and there has not been anyone to take hold to any of the footwork there. Well, let us pray that uh, those that are there now may be able to continue the footwork so that we can again continue our mission work in that community where there are many that have been brought up in living Christianity and have strayed away but are in their later years spending their evening hours of their life in that community uh, in a land of warmth even as here so that the Lord might yet cause an awakening within their hearts and souls. So we pray for the services tonight up there and we surely ask that Brother Michelson would bring their, our loving greetings to them and wherever uh, they travel. And we pray for the Lord's blessing upon the brother and sister's journey to their earthly home here. But as their brother said, that there may be many of us that will not see each other face to face again here. But it is our prayer and hope, uh, and we have faith this morning to believe that, that uh, by the grace of God, one day we can all meet on the shores of that land where we never have to part again. But only by the grace of God can we be overcomers. Let us unite in the closing prayer and benediction. O oh Lord, uh, we thank thee for thy word, blessed into our hearts and our souls. That word which we have heard from thine own heart this morning. And that word which we desire always to hear. And we pray, O oh Lord, for blessing upon Brother and Sister Michelson as they leave our midst, that thou would be there to guide them along the pathways and roads of this life so that they may reach their destinies here, and that thy blessing hand would be upon them. Give them health, uh, O oh Lord, as as thou hast give them, given them health even to this day that, that they have been able to continue thy work these many years upon this earth. Be with them, O Lord, and bless them. As well as we ask, O Lord, for blessing upon the many in our own midst who are upon 
beds of sickness, and we want to remember our sister Esther, who has not been able to come to the services for so long, and uh, who will soon again have to enter the hospital. Be with her, O Lord, as well as we ask for thy blessing upon our sister Olga, who will again enter the hospital. Be with her, O Lord, and may it be that her operation would be a success so that she could uh, be with us and be in our midst uh, and her health would be restored. And now the Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.